0: Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Earlier this season, in episode 2, I shared the story of Charlie, a friend of mine who recently got into the practice of spirit keeping. Essentially, you are bonded to a spirit and they become your companion and protector. There's a lot of different types of spirits you can choose from depending on your goals. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend doing so before diving into this one. I felt compelled to get into the practice myself after speaking with him. And I originally wasn't planning on sharing this publicly because I didn't want any outside influence on my experiences, but I'm now at a point where I can pretty confidently say I'm a believer. So, after my episode about Charlie aired, I received an email from Alduin and Elle Rio. They run a small community for spirit keepers and wanted to do a follow-up episode to talk more in-depth about spirits and share their own experiences. And let me tell you, when I met with them, it was such a mind-blowing and enlightening conversation, the kind that made me question, yet again, everything I thought I knew. In this episode, you'll hear about all the different types of spirits and creatures that exist all around us, the benefits they can bring into your life, and what to look for when choosing a spirit for yourself.
1: I was a Christian Baptist coming up, and it's kind of a system where they tell you don't trust anything, don't believe anything other than the Christian God, the Christian Bible, but I was always a bit of a rebel. So in the back of my mind, I was always saying, "No, I can go to the bookstore. I can buy spell books. I can read things about other religions. And over time, I still went to the Christian church because I had no other choice. I was with my mom, and my mom kind of made sure that I did did those things. And over time, I kind of found that it was okay. Nothing bad happened. Nothing came into the house. The house didn't catch on fire, and it just kind of gave me ways of learning that there are other things out there that not everybody's open to.
0: This is Aldwin Rio. Today, he runs a service called the Pathfinder Program with his wife, Elle, where they help people become more comfortable communicating with things that aren't part of what religion they were raised in.
1: Whether it's Islam, whether it's Christianity, what have you, and we kind of just help people who don't have anyone to speak with to get through their nervousness, get through what's, what's scaring them. Um, And today, uh, you know, along with my wife, we run a YouTube channel where we talk about spirit keeping because it's sort of the easiest way to kind of get right into the spiritual realm, to get into the world of it and to kind of have a companion that is that has hundreds, sometimes thousands of years on you. And they can explain things to you. They can help you learn about the paranormal world. And then then it also offers protection.
2: And my journey started very, very young, actually. I come from a shaman background with my parents. My father is Laotian, and my mom's from Thailand. So there's lots of spiritual connections when it comes to having like um, a Buddhist background, but also utilizing ancestors and the spirits that can help us with any endeavor. So I kind of like grew up with Buddhist background, but behind the scenes is where um, a lot of spiritual work with the family is done.
0: Aldwin and Elle's company was originally a concierge service where they helped private clients, businesses, and corporations. But their path took a turn after one client requested their help with getting rid of a poltergeist. Soon after, Aldwin and Elle's lines were blowing up with more paranormal requests.
2: And it just, like, went by storm. So we changed our business from personal concierge to a paranormal firm, paranormal self-defense firm, because of this one client. So our journey was to just help other people in the paranormal field and in the spiritual field as well.
0: What makes this career turn seem even more destined is the fact that Altoin had a premonition about it.
1: I want to say two to three months before we even met this client, before we even saw their headshot, knew who they were, knew where their address was, um, I actually had a dream where there was a room, like a kitchen, which was ended up being her kitchen. And my wife was sitting down to this brown table and whenever she goes into a room at starbucks or anything she has like a, a governmental background and she likes to keep her back to the wall so like her back is always safe no matter where she goes so again in this dream or this premonition her back was to the wall in one of these areas where there's like two entrances to the kitchen it's an old round table and she's speaking with an old woman and for some reason i'm pacing back and forth looking around the kitchen but not like looking in a predatory way just kind of like looking into the shadows and looking around the area. And then all of a sudden, I'm no longer in my body. I'm pulled out of my body, downstairs, underneath the stairs, with this giant thing that, 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 like, approaches me with all this anger. And in the dream, the premonition, I'm stomping my feet, saying these words to try to dispel and remove this thing. And then I wake up, and you remember, I actually woke up with my feet, and I was saying these things in my voice, and somehow the being was pulled into the room with us. And one of our beings actually attacked it and removed it from the room. Yes, one that we have from Thailand. We keep it above our wall, an actual one that's designed to uh, jump on anything that's bad, eat it up. It prefers to like consume bad entities.
0: So, the evil entity in Alduin's dream appeared in the room when Alduin woke up, and one of the spirits they keep on the wall fought it off immediately. It sounds straight out of a horror movie.
1: It was almost like it was able to pull through time and space because we re encountered it later on down the actual roads. It was so weird. It
2: just like, it was like a reenactment almost, and it was like, wow, that is. Crazy, okay, we, we should definitely change the plaque in our business to Paranormal Firm.
1: <laughs> uh, what spirit keeping means to me, it's just a way to connect with so much energy so much magic so much experience so much culture and companionship friendship sometimes these beings are a couple hundred years old sometimes you do get one that's two three four thousand years old if it's a dragon based spirit they tend to be really really old and they can help you with your magical endeavors. So if you're someone who is into Wicca, if you're someone who is a oldness or Druid, and you're working on these rituals that are older than you, a lot of these beings know of or have participated in similar rituals uh, for their own family. So that's kind of what it means to me. It just says, hey, this is a whole new world, and if you're ready for it, this can help you progress on your magical goals. What we're doing at the moment is basically kind of being the concierge, helping people who need to understand uh, how to interact with them, how to feed them, if they're having any negative sensations and things. What we find is that a lot of people get into this and they don't really have proper protective measures. And they just figure, oh, I'm going to get the biggest, baddest, darkest vampire, sangrenerious vampire spirit. And they're really not ready for that kind of interaction so they have nightmares bad luck can come in so we're kind of that person that can say hey you're not crazy just calm down reach out to your conjurer open up a ticket talk with them and then come back to us and just to see if you're still having that problem and if you are these are the crystals these are the things that you need to use to clear your space and to get it back to a neutral setting
0: aldwin and l are passionate about spirit keeping because they've seen the benefits themselves Elle's first experience with a spirit companion was when she was five years old with Randy.
2: I, I had a, um, I thought he was an imaginary friend and it was actually a gnome and I would always talk as if I was Randy, you know, it's was like, I, Randy, you know, want a T-bone steak for my offering. And my dad was like, what?
0: So they- Elle's father tried to remove Randy from her, but Randy would not budge.
2: And then Randy was like, no, no, I'm not going anywhere. Then to come find out that Randy was one of my guides from another fortune teller that my mom actually seeked out outside of the family. So it's like, oh, can you come into our home and, and kind of help out um, my my child? Because she's experiencing this imaginary friend you know the oatmeal bottle is exploding the lights are flickering the cereal has been eating it's like as if someone was eating the cereal in the kitchen we thought it was mice, and the orkin man came is like there is no vermin in your home i don't know what's going on in your home perhaps maybe someone sneaking into the house and installed security cameras that wasn't the case so that was really weird for them and for me to kind of like sit down with a priest and a pastor and a monk and one of the priests actually felt randy so it's like okay and this was like when i was 10 so it escalated from i started seeing him when i was five and it escalated to to me meeting with other religious counselors in a way and that kind of progressed and now he's nowhere to be found <laughs> he just he just left like, I don't see him at all anymore. So, Randy is about almost five foot. He's bloody. Uh, has very, very like, I don't know if you watched the Chambers of Secrets, Harry Potter, but Dobie. Almost looking like Doby, but without the ears, wrinkly, reeks of either tobacco or like evergreen type of scent. I, I, I still can't remember like the smell. I know that it's like a combination of both. So he kind of, like, reeked of that kind of, like, essence. His tone is very... It's like when you're trying to speak to someone and you're gargling a mouthwash at the same time. Like, when someone's interrupting you, like, oh, oh hi. And it was just very creepy at times because I didn't know what the heck he was saying half the time when I was younger. But I knew that he was trying to, like, have my back in a way if there was, like, any altercations with bullies, childhood bullies. If it was um, me overeating, I had a very obsessive disorder when it comes to eating and I still have OCD to this day, but my OCD kind of made me feel like ostracized and disenfranchised because people thought it was weird. And he was trying to like kind of telling me that it's not weird, you know, the best people have OCD and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, whatever, Randy. But to this day, I, I can't even communicate with him anymore. Randy, to me, symbolized, like, strength in my childhood. I I had, like, blinders and blockers when I was younger, too, so I kind of wanted to know what happened, what really happened in the past.
0: Randy was able to provide comfort for Elle in her childhood. As for Aldwin's first encounter with a spirit helper, he was not expecting it when it showed up.
1: This was many years ago. This was before I was married, before I was even dating My wife and I was dating someone else. At the time, I was always a big, like, Apple iPhone geek, so I would be one of those folks who would go and stand in line hours before the store would open up. And to juggle that with my job, I basically didn't get any sleep the night before because I was up trying to hit the refresh button to try to get this new iPad. And um, I got the iPad. I was kind of feeling really, really tired and wasn't even excited once I got the thing because I was so tired. Um, and I was walking up the steps in my mom's house actually because again this was years ago I think the second version of the iPad had come out and I uh, again was into into the paranormal Um, I wasn't Christian by then anymore and I was wearing a seal of Solomon around my neck for protection and I reached the top of the steps and I was kind of like zoning out because I was tired you know how you almost faint or fall asleep you have like this mind fart where like a few moments go by there was this big horned creature that kind of reminds me a bit of the Gemma Dar from Star Trek. For anyone that's big into Star Trek, they have a lot of horns and they have like, like white horns sticking out of their face and things. He came within, I want to say almost, probably seven, eight inches of my face and like looked me in the face. There was no communication. It was just looking me in the face. And my mother was like sitting to the right on the couch and I looked at this thing And I looked away and I looked at my mother. I said, Mom, I think I'm going crazy. I was like, I I see this thing looking at me. And she was like, oh, you're just tired, baby. Just just go in there and lay down. That's kind of what she said. Years later, through our work, I found out that when you have that particular seal on, the being needs to be fed. It needs to have offerings. And basically, that was a request to say, hey, I'm, I protected you. Who knows who was trying to harm you when you had that iPad with you during that day? Because it was just me and the person I was dating at the time. So we didn't really have much security with this $1,000 iPad, right? So it wanted food. And the funny thing is I was going to the kitchen. Uh, When I got to the top of the steps, it was going to be a turn right and go to the kitchen. So it was interesting that it was trying to say, hey, I wanted food back then. That was the first time I really got like an impression of something being there from another world.
0: Both Alduin and Elle compared these beings to fictional creatures we've seen in movies. Dobby from Harry Potter and the Jem'Hadar from Star Trek. And I don't know if the artists who designed these characters were pulling from any real experiences, but it did make me think of Mark Allen Miller's story from Season 1, Episode 5, where he described a painting that Clive Barker made of an entity he saw in his mansion. I wonder how many other creatures that we believe to be fictional are also inspired by something very real. Now, of course, imagination is a very powerful thing, But what if these common mythical creatures that are seen across cultures and religions are actually based on creatures that exist in a whole other dimension?
1: And I just want to add this one thing about spirit keeping because I I keep getting pushed to add it. Okay, so the spirits that you can be connected to aren't just dead, by the way, like. There are a lot of them that are dead, but there is this category called a living entity. And it's very similar to how humans have the ability to fall asleep or go into a trance state and then send their energy bodies across and like visit places like remote viewing and things. Living entities are beings that are out there on different realms and in some cases different planets and they're not dead. They just enjoy being able to kind of Insert themselves and be invited, I should say, be invited and then insert themselves into the life of someone who lives on a different world or a different plane of existence. They can try different foods depending on um, what you get. Sometimes they have multiple appendages and things, multiple eyes. Um, Sometimes they look like you and I, but they may be a bit faster or stronger, or sometimes they can split themselves and in two and be in two different places in the universe at once, so I do want to make sure that that is added, that they're not always dead, and the living entities tend to cost a little bit more because the conjurer uh, has to do a whole lot more effort in order to kind of like coax this being to say, hey, I'm going to astral project all the way to Earth to be with this person.
0: After the break, Alduin and Elle explain the different types of spirits, discuss their work as demonologists, and share advice on how to choose the right spirit for you. Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So, do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire.
1: the spirit keeping term is kind of an American thing, right? Creepy Hollows is the one that came up with this term in America. But we've had people who hit our website from Finland. We've had it certain areas in Russia, uh, South America, and South Africa, North Africa. Like, it's all over the place. They've got different terms for these in their own societies. And it's, I think it just comes down to there being a kind of an intersection between the mundane world and the spiritual world and the progress of these people's villages and where they live. If they need water, sometimes they'll pray to a water spirit, and these beings will be there for people who have sight, people who can see them, people who can hear them. Some of the younger generations that moved away from these villages, sometimes they'll think it's all superstitious mumbo-jumbo. But some of the elders, depending on their method, they may be able to to get into an altered state and see them and hear them and actually connect some of the young people in the cities with conjures that can help them that you can't even find on Creepy Hollows. It's kind of a regional thing as well.
0: In our modern culture, the existence of the spirit realm is still heavily debated. Not everyone can see or feel these beings, and therefore their reality cannot be scientifically proven. And according to Alduin, That might be for your own protection.
1: And on top of that, sometimes people aren't ready for it. I mean, my wife did mention that Randy is bloody when you look at Randy. Some people will see that and they would almost hurt themselves trying to get away from something that's bloody and looking like that. So it could also be a type of built-in protection where your spiritual guides are like, hey, we just can't let him or her see this right now. Maybe when they get a bit older, maybe when they've demonstrated that they are confident that they can navigate this new world because it's almost like a a theme park actually like once you can get the site the roads the forest the trees the malls are full of these things walking around people just can't see them so it's really it's just a way to kind of keep you from losing your mind as well that's what i would say if you can't see it and you're and you've been trying it may not be time just yet
0: i feel like i disappoint people when i tell them that i have actually never seen a ghost And I always wondered why I hadn't when everyone else in my family has. And it's this desire to see these otherworldly beings that initially drew me to spirit keeping. It sounded like a surefire way to get that validation. But our culture puts so much emphasis on visually experiencing this phenomena that we neglect what our other senses pick up. I may have never seen a ghost, but I've definitely felt them. It's also worth noting that as I was writing this part of the script, thinking to myself, God, it would be so cool to physically see my spirit in person, my cousin sent me a photo of a small statue that looked like my spirit. Maybe it's a coincidence, but my conjurer did say that my spirit would communicate through telepathy and signs. I think my spirit knows how much of a scaredy cat I am and is showing herself herself in the most non-threatening way possible.
2: And to add on that, a lot of people that don't have the ability to see, things can manifest in your life that it it could be poltergeisty. It could be poltergeisty. It it, it could could happen with a knock on the door and no one's behind the door. And that's a way of communication, saying, yay, uh, can you you let me in? Or, yeah, I hear what you um, are requesting. Or it could be, you getting a promotion? You getting a new car? Um, especially for people who are in e-commerce, you're having all this traffic now going to your site that your keep is actually granting you. And different beings have different abilities, like Nordic gens, you know, for wishes. And um, there's different types of wishes too. If you want a dark wish, if you want a light wish, it's it's like Baskin Robbins. There's lots of flavors for everybody, and. People without the abilities are saying, "Oh, this is just a waste of time, you know, I, I wasted $15 on this conjurer. Hold up now, if you just let it manifest and, and let them be comfortable with your space, they're going to send you a message, they're going to make themselves known, and if you can't see them, that's fine. Like, that, don't stress about that. A lot of times, too, sensitives in, in the paranormal field, they can't see the spirit or entity but they can feel them. They know their residual feelings whenever they're walking to the room and it can come in like a permission type of message. It can come even come in dreams and just random visions. So just don't discourage yourself that you don't see a spirit like, you know, like manifesting like a full body apparition. If you feel that they're there, then they're there. If If your goals are manifesting in front of you, then they're there. <laughs> So you've got thought forms
1: um, and you've got egregies and you've got servitors, right? A thought form can be something really simple. It can, I mean, You can even buy a thought form or a servitor from Creepy Hollows. The idea is that you, as a magical practitioner, there is a magical task that you can't do in the mundane world. Um, it's outside of your abilities. Let's say that you want to make sure that there isn't any negative entities that enter a certain room in your house or a certain property in a big compound somewhere. You can create this thought form whose job it is to look out and make sure nothing goes in there. And it's usually made out of your own personal energy. So there is a method where you meditate, you visualize what it looks like, and then you feed it with elemental energy. So that's energy from from all of the main elements. And it can take up life in the astral form and carry out that task. Now, where it crosses over and becomes a, a servitor is if you don't give it a death date. Many people like to give these beings a death date because they are worried about losing control of them. Because once you lose control of them, it's kind of a a bastardized version of you, but in the astral realm, meaning it can go through walls, it can consume other things, it can do everything that you've done, but on the other realm. So... If you don't give it a death date, there are a lot of people who are worried that this thing may turn into something that is ravenous, hungry, and it will go about doing things on its own. And people do feel like it is your responsibility to shut it down once it's completed its task. So there are groups. There are groups of witches out there that have created these things to go around and feed members of the group, protect members of the group. Well, if something happens to those members over time, let's say more than half of them die out and they haven't passed this thing down to their new members or their new family, it gets hungry. It still wants to be fed similar to that thing that uh, looked at me in my face when I was marking up my mom's steps all those years ago. It needs food and it's going to find it.
0: I'm constantly being humbled by how little I actually know about the complexities of the spirit world. Growing up, I genuinely thought it was as simple as ghosts were the spirits of dead people and sometimes they were evil demons who wanted to hurt me. But just like how people aren't binary, neither are spirits. And that includes demons.
2: Demonology doesn't mean that, you know, we're we're studying just evil entities. Um, Demons are demons uh, is uh, rooted from divine beings. So let's take, for example, Satan for everyone who knows about the Abrahamic religions, and for him, he was considered as the morning star, and he was, you know, top-notch, and he wasn't considered as a demon before. It was the... the. I want to be really careful for, for me saying this. Um, the the Vatican always categorize demons as negative, and we're trying to shed a light on them, and a lot of times, Abrahamic demonologists... They sometimes don't understand that in different cultures, if it's Baltic, if it's north of Caucasia, if it's in Europe or if it's in Southeast Asia or even uh, native to America, there are demons that are older than what they believe and they're not always evil. So we're trying, we're trying trying to separate the good And the bad uh, to people and kind of explain, hey, if you're trying to uh, research on this particular demon, here's a good side of this demon and here's a bad side of this demon. And we kind of incorporate that into our spirit keeping and our coaching for our clients. And the way I see it is just that in the
1: past, uh, someone who was a demonologist looked a certain way. They sounded a certain way. They had a certain accent and they pretty much just came from America for the most part. but. As my wife kind of touched on, a lot of these places in Asia and around the world, they have a they have a long existence. They, I mean, if you look at Sanskrit, if you look at Buddhism and Taoism and Shintoism, they're thousands and thousands of years older than what we have here as far as uh, what we know about religion and spirituality. So to me, a demonologist is somebody that says, hey, I'm going to be comfortable going into that dark corner so that way I can help people who are kind of stuck with that darkness right i'm gonna i'm gonna walk into that path learn everything i can about the enemy of the thing that is afflicting you so that way maybe i can strike up a deal and have that enemy come in and remove the other one it's kind of a um sort of a human deal maker almost right you come in and say hey i realize there's an infestation here uh the infestation is caused by this being um and he has an enemy i can invite that enemy in so they can go at it and see who See who wins. So sometimes you do have to fight fire with fire with fire, and having the courage to realize that and to study is, to me, one of the core aspects of being a demonologist.
2: A lot of times we study like new demons too when it comes to possession. So when a trickster is um, possessing a person and they're saying that they're this type of being, well. Are they really? You know, like so. We have to like demonologists always have to research on the the type of being before a. Um Person who can do an exorcism can cleanse the person. We have priests asking us to, hey, can you can you kind of vet out this person because I don't know what entity it is. I can't find it in King James. Um, I can't find it in in any Bible or or any demonology sources. So I was like, okay, let's vet, let's let's see what this entity is. Most of the time in demonology, uh, most of the time it's not that demon and we administered exorcism but not into like the Catholic diocese where we actually have the Bible in front of us. We just sat in the room with them and you know, it's it's either a lot of monastics do this too, it's either yes it's the entity, no it's a trickster, um, or it's probably something else psychological like, or um something else that's paranormal. So we kind of have to do our research we're just researchers. We're just in the end of the day we're just researchers and kind of working alongside with other people who are affected by an entity that they can't control or that they don't want.
0: So we've talked about all the types of spirits that exist in the astral plane. We've heard how having a spirit companion can help protect you from spiritual attacks and aid in your magical practice. If you feel compelled to get into spirit keeping yourself, the options might seem overwhelming. So where do you even begin?
1: I would say when you get into spirit keeping, be be really, really careful in that you need to kind of pick things out that complete you. So if you're someone who deals with anger, maybe look for a water spirit. Maybe if you're someone who can't speak up for yourself, try to find something like a giant, like look at it to complete you almost because this is a relationship. It's similar to when you're looking for someone to date. Some people are looking for aspects that you share and they're looking to complete themselves. So don't just look at it as like a like a collection, like look at it as how can I make my living experience on this planet better? Who can add to my experience? So adding armor and things to your weak spots whenever you're picking from these different conjure sites on Etsy and Discord and Creepy Hollows and things like that.
0: That is probably why I felt drawn to pick the spirit that I did. She was described as having uplifting energy, something I could definitely use more of. She's also helpful with opening up your intuition and developing psychic abilities. She felt like a good choice for my personal journey.
2: One more thing to add on to, to paranormal investigators who are experiencing different types of energy or experiencing anything that's in their homes or, or even whenever you're dealing Uh, with other people or going in the public um, perhaps maybe you need to research on spirit keeping uh, just to kind of protect you and kind of have like a spiritual bodyguard with you when you're in investigations it really helps it's just like having a crucifix necklace make sure that you guys actually do your research too on the entities but I I digress it's going to um, help you out in protection or even trying to communicate with other entities
0: if you're interested in learning more about spirit keeping and the Pathfinder program, head to kaijumgt.com. That's K-A-I-J-U-M-G-T.com, or click the link in the show notes. So I've only had my spirit for a few months and I've already seen some really positive changes in my life, especially when it comes to my health and career. You could say, well, of course you feel that way because you've been eating better, staying active, and only taking jobs that value your worth. You feel better because of you. But I like to think that my spirit has been there motivating me, like a coach or trainer, inspiring me to be consistent with my choices. Either way, the results are the same. Does it really matter how I get there? If you're like me and find the idea of a companion on the other side exciting and comforting, then look into spirit keeping. There's so much magic in the world that's just waiting to be experienced. Are you ready for it? Thank you for joining me today. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash sapphire to see the different tiers and perks like live watch parties, early access to episodes, or private tarot readings. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash where I post an animated spooky story every other week. If you'd like to submit a story, send it to storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. Special thanks to Alduin and El Rio. For more information on this episode and my guests, visit storieswithsapphire.com.